Over 200,000 of the homeless people in the United States of America are women and girls. The most needed and understocked item in homeless shelters, feminine hygiene products. Joy Road Media is proud to tell you about the Clean Love Project. The Clean Love Project's mission is to help women and young girls feel clean, loved, and empowered by distributing clean love kits to alleviate their hygiene needs. Go to thecleanloveproject.org to find out how you can help. The Clean Love Project focuses on the Metro Detroit area, but it also distributes kits worldwide. If you are a female in need of a clean love kit, go to thecleanloveproject.org and request one today. Joy Road Media is a proud supporter of the Clean Love Project at thecleanloveproject.org. Everybody, welcome to the Are You Listening podcast where normally two guys sit around and talk about a record that one of us has listened to and the other one just now listened to for a week. This is a, it's a train wreck every week. The intro is always a train wreck. Uh, my name is Scott. I'm here with my good friend, Brand. How are you today, sir? I'm great. I am fired up about this discography situation we got going on. I'm a, yes. I'm a full album guy and more than a full album guy. I'm a discography guy. So, yeah. uh, and then aside from that, I am also a local fan ish. Yeah. These guys <laughs> are local too. Yeah. So all of you folks out there, we're doing another discography draft. Just like our Deftones one, we had so much fun doing it that we decided to do it for another band. And this time we're doing Anti-Flag. Yes, yes, yes. The political punks themselves. Yes. Uh, For those of you who may not know, Anti-Flag is an American punk rock band from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Correct. Uh, The the band is known for its left-wing political activism. Current members include Justin Sane on vocals and guitar, Chris Head on guitar, Pat Thetic on drums, and Chris Barker, a.k.a. Chris Number 2, on vocals and bass. The band was originally formed by Justin Sane and Pat Thetic in 1988. 1988. Yeah. Which is, it puts Why? them like, in, it puts them in between. Hold on. Deftones were 88 also, weren't they? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But being punk, like that puts them like weirdly in between eras of punk, like in between waves of punk almost. Yeah, it's really Which weird. But you can wild. You and can then they're still putting records it. out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Their last one came out last year or two years ago. Yeah. Granted, and we we'll talk about this more as we go, but their sound developed into something different but still sounds like them, which is weird. Yeah, they're oddly versatile, but stay the same. It's just an evolved sound. Like, yeah. it's 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 their own evolved sound. I'm, we're getting ahead of ourselves. <laughs> we kind of are. Former members include Lucy Fester, Andy Flagg, and Jamie Cock Towns. Uh, all were bassists. 
Andy Flagg was a vocalist for a little bit. Yeah, I guess they had problems with nailing down a bassist. It happens. Yeah, sure does. Anti-Flag are known for their advocacy of progressive political movements such as Greenpeace, Amnesty International, and the Occupy movement. Anti-Flag explained the band name on the artwork for their 1999 release, A New Kind of Army, saying Anti-Flag does not mean anti-American. Anti-Flag means anti-war. Anti-flag means the common people of the world are better off living in unity and peace. Anti-flag means to stand against corporate greed that hurts millions while benefiting a handful of extremely rich. Anti-flag means to fight against mindless nationalism. Anti-flag means unity. I've always been a big fan of that idea. Speaking of... Oh, also, I, I somehow had a... You remember in like textbooks, like school textbooks, it would include like a folded up American flag poster almost. Oh, yeah. We didn't have I those had in one. my school. Uh, no, that, that, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. We had old hand-me-down books. Yeah. Well, I stole mine out of the book. Okay. Uh, hung it upside down on my wall. There you go. Burnt the corners up. Love it. And then wrote anti-flag on it. Beautiful. Now I took that with me from when I when I moved in with my grandfather and hung it on the wall. Also, ooh, and I just went back to like I went. I was in my bedroom at my grandfather's. I haven't been there in like four years or so. But mm. he has like in home nursing that come and help, like things like that. Sure, yeah. And the room is exactly the same, except that's gone. Of course it is. <laughs> so somebody saw it and thought that it was not what you described. They thought it yeah. probably was anti-American. And I'm going to be honest, probably when I made it the first time, I was anti-American because right. kind of, you know, it was kind of the attitude that they were, they were throwing at me, even though it was kind never of, meant that way. It was kind of like when you don't have the nuance, like you don't have that nuanced thought as a kid when you're listening to it. Yeah. It's just what yeah, it when, is. It's just when you're just no, an angry punk teenager. Yeah. You're not thinking of the betterment of the entire world as a people. You're thinking, fuck this country. Yes. Yes. Another quick story about anti-flag that I remember. Yeah. Is I like it. There was at some point in the mid two thousands, maybe okay. where they were still doing their, you know, heavy leaning political stuff, which they've always done. And yeah. every record they've had, it's always on it. There's, it some, there's something stop. on there. Yeah. I don't know if it was locally or just like a, a, a general thought that somebody was saying to them, like, well, if you don't like this country, move. And I yeah. think they went to London and recorded an album. Like they moved to London. They're like, okay. <laughs> yeah, fine. I'll do but it. But then I think. I think they realized they were like, well, we can still help Pittsburgh. Like if we go back home, like we don't want to abandon the people there. Right. Cause I don't think, I don't think any of them live in London anymore. And it may have just been just insane. I'm not sure. But I, 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 I recall that happening, whether it ever mm-hmm. happened or not, it could have just been one of those like stories that you talk with your friends about. Yeah. I'm not sure. I remember when, um, I'm trying to remember what political genre, I, generation it was, but I think, uh, it might've been when Trump got elected, Justin Sane was doing a whole bunch of like guerrilla type shows, uh, just going out to the street corners where people were protesting and starting playing and stuff. Yeah. I saw a lot of those videos. Uh, did you ever listen to his solo record? I have not. No, I forget what the name of it was, but I got huge into that record. It's super good. 
life, love, and the pursuit of justice. Yes. It's really good. If you get the chance, check it out. Also, 2001. You'd, you'd think I would have listened to that. Weird. Yeah, it's uh, it's just him on electric guitar, so not even acoustic. I think most songs are just that. But it's, yeah, it's really, really good. I remember listening to that, like, nonstop for a while. I have one more thing, really, for Anti-Flag. Uh, Anti-Flag's anti-capitalism stance drew criticism towards them when they started working with RCA Records in 2005, with some saying that the band was selling out. Anti-Flag defended themselves against the criticism by saying the purpose of signing to the record label was to bring their message to more people, which I think is always every band's reason for signing to a major. And I assume that we're going to get to that record because uh, I mean, I guess they don't because the only second time we've done it, we're only doing five rounds. So five albums yeah. a piece will be picked. They have 12 studio records. So there will be two records that will not get picked. So I'm just assuming that I think the first one on RCA is going to get taken. I'm 98% sure it is. So we'll get to that record when we get there. Yeah, so we're doing five rounds. We, previous to recording, did a round of rock, paper, scissors. And I can't win it. I can't win (laughs) rock, paper, scissors. It's stupid. Uh, I don't know. Rock just popped in my head, bro. You had scissors. It's a bummer. For me? What do you mean? You got the first pick. It's not a bummer for you. (laughs) Well, no. Now my strategy has to change. I don't know if it does. You get your first pick. I do get my first pick. But what do I want to do with it? With the first pick in the anti-flag discography draft, Scott, what will your pick be? Well, first off, I want to talk about before we get to the draft. Okay. When was the first time you heard anti-flag? Seeing as how you're relatively local. I'd say probably 2002-ish. Okay. But it it wouldn't have been that album. It would have it would have been their debut record. record. It would have been their debut record. Okay. Um, so I would I would say oh one oh two around that time. But they were deep into records by then. They had four out at that point. Yeah. The first time I heard them was on a comp. Scott, I would have been called. twelve. You can't shame me into not knowing who <laughs> no, they no, were I, when I was. I wasn't. I wasn't. <laughs> I'm proud of you for being 12 okay. and listening to Anti-Flag. Uh, okay. No, I was just curious. Like, do you remember the first time you heard him? Like, was it off of record or was it a comp? Like, I, bought, I bought a CD and I didn't uh, even know they were local. CD. Yeah, I didn't even know they were local when I bought it. Okay. The first time I heard them, they were on the Punk Uprisings Volume 2. Yeah, I never heard that. Comp. And I picked it up because it was like... 60 tracks mm-hmm. for like five bucks. And there's yeah. a lot of bands on there that I no idea who they were, oh, yeah. but the, the first track it, and it went alphabetical. So to the bands, <laughs> okay. it was the Weird. weirdest. Yeah. Apparently punk uprisings was like a show. Okay. And the song on that comp from anti-flag was indie sucks. Hardline sucks. Emo sucks. You, you suck. suck. Yeah. Yep. When I first started listening to Anti-Flag, after I got that CD, it was the time of illegally downloading music. Yep. So I listened to a bunch of Anti-Flag not knowing what albums, what what was on. Like, I just, right. like, that was a song I had. We'll get to some other tracks, but Captain Anarchy was a big one that I had. Yeah. 
And there there was a lot from one specific record that we will get into. I guarantee that. Oh, man, you really got my head going for this first pick. Well, mm. is it time for the first pick? I, I guess we can go with, with we could start picking. We'll start so picking the, right now. For the first pick of the anti-flag discography draft, Scott, what will your pick be? My pick will be the 1999 record, A New Kind of Army. That hurts a bit. That, that record is just so good. The first time I heard it, I remember listening to it and being like, what the hell is he saying? Because he was just singing so quickly. And like, it wasn't dumbed down. Yeah. Like, one thing to be said for Anti-Flag and Just Insane in particular, they're smart. They're smart, smart dudes. Even if that smartness seems to be sanded down a little bit later. But yes, at this point, yeah, at this point, yeah, I mean, the aforementioned Captain Anarchy, I yeah. fucking love that song. That's His name is Captain song. Anarchy, but only in his mind. Yeah. 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 I, may have, I may have learned how to properly spell anarchy from that song. <laughs> from that song? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a good song. And... Tearing everyone down to open up this record is phenomenal. I love that song so, so much. It's also a longer record for a punk record. Yeah, 43 minutes, 53 seconds. I mean, a lot of their stuff, though, because like maybe that's what was so shocking to me is what I knew of punk at the time was fast, quick, done, out. Like that was what punk was. And yeah. Anti-Flag were putting entire album length albums together. Like they were yeah. long records. I mean, not like hip hop long where there's 10 skits and shit, but right. By the way, that wasn't me shitting on hip hop. That was me shitting no, on no, no. skits. Yeah. Yeah. No new kind of army hurts. That hurts. Yeah. That was, de- I definitely wanted it. Yeah. Definitely. 15, 15 tracks, 43 minutes, 53 seconds on that record. And the out, al- that album art is absolutely iconic. Yeah. Oh, 100%. With the the punks raising the upside down flag like yep. it's the what's what's the name of that? Isn't yeah, that it's like Iwo Jima. See, yeah, something like that. So the punks on the front raising the upside down flag like the raising the flag on Iwo Jima is iconic. It spoke exactly what the record was, exactly yeah. what you were going to get. Man. Yeah. yeah. And again, I, I didn't listen to that when it came out, obviously. I was able to go right. back and listen to that. And yeah. yeah, this one definitely does hurt. There, There's a lot of tracks on here that I am a fan of. Yeah, so many really good tracks. Police Story, so good. This is where I learned about what Crass was. Oh, yeah. This is not a Crass song. I had no idea what Crass was. I still don't know if I know what Crass is. Crass, they're a great... British punk rock band that switched vocalists multiple times. So they kind of lost me with some of their records. Like Black Flag. Kind of, yeah. But they they even, like, one record had a female vocalist. But I've heard Crass described as, like, a genre, too. Okay. So, you know what I mean? I Yeah. There's no such thing as a Black Flag genre. <laughs> no, you're right. <laughs> but, yeah, that one hurts. Taking a new yeah. kind of army. I was, there, There's... And I think it'll be noticeable as you go through this, but there's a certain, I mean, I guess, point of their discography that I was trying to fish the most from. Like, there's a yeah. there's a shore, there's a shore yeah. that I wanted to fish a I, lot from. 
I have a really bad feeling that your first pick is going to be the one I really wanted. If it is, that's on you for not taking it. I know. But it may have just been because I threatened to try to get the rest of your favorite record. <laughs> right. If I, if I didn't get this one. So for my first pick, yeah. it, it has to be. It has to be. There's no other record I could have taken. It was the CD I bought off nothing but the album cover. I was I, I saw it and I said I need Shit, this record. It is the had, one. I had no idea what it was. It is Anti Flag's debut album, Die for the Government. Okay. And holy hell, is it everything to me? Like every track on this, I've I've covered Die for the Government with like two different bands. There I've done drink I've done drink drank punk while I was straight edge, which is a wild move. <laughs> yeah, right. But they were two. Like they didn't drink either. Yeah, it was more of a commentary on punk. Yeah. I, yeah. It was kind of yeah. like the, you know, the, the anti Ramon sniff glue shit. Yes. Uh, th- th- but this is the record where Andy Flagg was heavily involved as yes, yeah. I mean everything, writing and to the point where I thought Andy Flagg was like the guy who created the, the band yeah. because anti Flagg, Andy Flagg. I thought, oh yeah. yeah, must be it. Yeah. But uh, aside from that, there was a period when I was fifteen, mm-hmm. fourteen or fifteen maybe, where we would just. I'm trying to figure out how to get around some of the worst parts of the story. <laughs> we would just borrow people's cars. <laughs> yeah. Like people who were at a certain house that we might've been at, like just three, two of us, three of us, four of us would just take the cars. We'd have our booklet of CDs. Anti-flag was always in there and we were just blaring it, driving around. Not one of us in the car had a driver's license. Fantastic. There wasn't one person in the car that had a driver's license, and we were having the time of our lives. We were, we thought we were the just the coolest, punkest dudes in the history of the world, oh, running sure. these cars out of gas, going back, getting another car, taking that car. Like oh it God. was just, it was just absolutely insane times. And Die for the Government was a soundtrack to that for me. Right. And I, I honestly, there's 17 tracks on this, 17 yes. tracks. Yep. And I don't know if I would cut any of them, to be honest with you. I love Ooh, every man. one of these tracks. There's at least a part in every one of these tracks. I mean, from the, like, You've Got to Die for Your Government, which is such a politically charged song, to Safe Tonight, which has, like, such emotional... I love Safe Tonight. Safe Tonight is such a great song. To, like, She's My Little Go-Go Dancer, which is just, like, okay, fun song. Yeah. And then... You know, your daddy was a rich man. Wild song. <laughs> yeah. I'm being watched by the CIA. I love that yeah. song. Yeah. By the book was a huge one. Yeah. I, I learned what squatting was based off <laughs> right. of summer squatter go home. Right. I love every date. Okay. The, there's one, only one problem I have with this entire record. I may have actually brought it up before. In Davey Destroy the Punk Scene. Yeah. In the lyrics booklet. It says that the lyric is supposed to be sacrificing them for his image. Yeah, there is. It is impossible to have fit that <laughs> what he's saying. And the lyric is just sacrifice punk will stay like that's all it is. <laughs> it's it's impossible to fit as many words as they try to say is in there in there. Yeah. And I think that added a little bit for me because it was like, oh, they don't even give a shit about their album. Yeah. Like, like, this is just nah. a punk record. 
Yeah, right. it's like, yeah, that's what it meant to be, but we couldn't figure it out. So just read it and deal with it. Right. But Die for the Government, without a doubt, my number one okay. anti flag record. So was that or was it not the one that you thought no. I was going to take? This is what I was hoping was going to happen with this oh, draft okay. and me having the first pick. Because uh, then I get, as my second pick, probably go. my second favorite record of theirs which will be the terror state. That's fair. But the vinyl version where the final track is fuck the flag. Terror state was one of those that, uh, cause it came out right around the time where I was getting into anti-flag. So when you're, when you're first getting into music, especially when you're a punk at the time, Mm -hmm. you're, you think that anything new isn't good. Even if it is from a band that is telling you that everything is shit and you like you agree with everything <laughs> they say. So Terra State took a while for me to get into it. Okay. Like I always I always loved Turncoat, mm-hmm. but there was just a part of me that was like, ah man, I don't know. Like this just this new anti flag, it's not die for the government. <laughs> like right. there was just that little part of me. So for me, This is the point where I started to look at politics a little bit differently. Okay. So previous to this record, it was just a generalization of things are crap. Let's just bitch about stuff, basically. Yeah. When the terror state dropped, you know, the the war in Iraq uh, was going on. This album cover is also very iconic and to the point where they were forced to like switch it up to sell in bigger stores. Like they had to have an alternate cover. Yes, they did. They had to have um, a, a, a cardboard sleeve that went over the, the CD and it was just a black. I want to say it was just a black cardboard cover that went over it that had the title on it. Um, yeah, it just, it the, just had the Terra State logo. Yeah, uh, the... The actual cover is it's actually Justin Sane's niece mm-hmm. on there, uh, which is pretty great. Yeah. This record came out two weeks before a childhood friend of mine died overseas in the war. Wow, that's an insane. Yeah. And that would really push you to uh, yeah. anti anti military. Right. So when it came out. I was I picked it up when it came out, just being an anti-flag fan. But when I got word that he had died in Iraq, it definitely hit different. Oh yeah, I could even imagine that. Yeah, so I didn't. I I'm gonna be honest. I didn't know that Tom Morello produced this thing. Yes, Tom Morello's been involved with anti-flag a lot, actually. When I was going through some of the notes, I didn't realize he was involved in a lot. Like he was in like some of their videos and stuff. And yeah, rest in peace to Damien lived on my block. Yeah, that definitely makes this record have a different feel completely. Yeah. When you don't control your government, people want to kill you. That song hits hard. Wake up hits hard. Tearing down the borders hits hard. Operation Iraqi Liberation, of course. Uh, you can't kill the... You can kill a protester, but you can't kill a protest. Um, oh, I love that fucking track. Yeah. Power to the Peaceful. Like, this whole record is just 
great. And it could have been my first pick, but I was worried you were going to take a new kind of army first. And I couldn't well, get that one up. <laughs> yeah, well, like I said, I would have had the scope on and tried to take out your favorites if you would have taken Die for the Government because I needed that record. I, that's kind of how I thought this was going to go. I, I figured Die for the Government was going to be a big one for you because we've already yeah. talked about it personally, yes. not on the podcast. It's huge for me too, but I know it has a different kind of place in your heart. Mm-hmm. Whereas like the terror state has a different kind of place in mine. My dress code essentially around this time like, uh, in high school, maybe even like junior high ish. Uh, I had cut off jean shorts. Okay. Yeah. I, I wore cut off jean shorts every day, but <laughs> on the, on the thighs mm-hmm. were either like drawn pictures of burning American flags that I drew a Sharpie <laughs> on them. Yeah. Or like, quotes from anti-flag songs like that is what it was and and every pair every pair i had had something different on like i that i just drew a sharpie because i i felt i didn't i didn't want to i don't want to wear plain jean shorts and i had to be this punk guy so i had to draw my shorts i think i still have a pair somewhere i need to find them that would be great send you pictures of them because they are amazing yeah i bet (laughs) I'm glad, like, there are, I wanted Terror State, but it didn't hurt me nearly as much as New Kind of Army, because New Kind of Army would have absolutely been my second pick, without a doubt. Yeah. New Kind of Army would have been my second pick. That hurts me. So I have to change my game plan up here. Yeah. So let's get into that one now, then, I guess. My second pick. Yeah. My second pick will be, it is actually the follow-up to the Terror State. It is 2006's. For Blood and Empire. Okay. And this is a really weird one for me, because as much as Terror State grew on me, I despised this record when it came out. That's funny, because I did too. I don't know if it was from the, yeah, they are selling out, or if because there's absolutely way more sense of, like pop sensibilities in this record. Yeah. I mean, you just listen to the press corps and it's, you know, you want to talk, 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 talk about it. You want to tiptoe, walk around it. Like yeah. it's, it's not. And I mean, even down to $1 trillion was a hit for them. Yeah. Which is wild. Yeah. It was a hit for the wrong reasons. Like it was a, it was a hit because it sounded good, but the message was, listen, guys, <laughs> listen, yeah. our debt is serious. <laughs> yeah, right. But I despise this record, and it, it took it took people around me that I really enjoyed and really appreciated and really respected their music opinion, listening to this thing over and over again, telling me over and over again, it's more than one trillion dollars. It's more than the press corps. Like you need to get into the record, and yeah, it's there. Is it a more pop anti flag than I wanted at the time? Absolutely. Oh yeah. But can I also get around that fact and recognize how much, how good it is? Because if you, if you like anti-flag, you can still hear them in it. It's just more, there's much, like I said, much more pop sensibilities in it. Yeah. This is the point. I think that I started paying more attention to Chris number two, doing vocals on songs. Okay. And realizing that I'd rather just have Justin singing everything. Although I did, I was a big fan of Andy's vocals in the first record. So I always yeah. like somebody going back and forth with him. Sure. But 
I think I'm with you where I'm like, yeah, yeah, I, I think we can, I think well, yeah, we can do without that. We don't really, yeah. we don't really need that. <laughs> right. Right. But yeah, for blood and empire, when we, when we decided to do uh, this discography draft, I had to go back and listen to a lot of records that I didn't like that didn't hit me as hard mm-hmm. when I first heard them. And this one, apparently in the, you know, 15 years that I didn't really listen to it that much grew on me in okay. this last week. Like, yeah, there's definitely like the $1 trillion song. I remember hating it. Yeah. And then now I'm like, I kind of like it. <laughs> And then I started singing around, singing along to other songs too, and I was like, I don't even remember knowing the words to this song. Like weirdly enough, I, I didn't know it was possible, but you can have nostalgia based on hatred, which I didn't You're know that right. was something that <laughs> yeah. could happen. Yeah, and it did for me too. I was because I hated the press corps, hated. Yeah, it. yeah. And re-listening to it, I was like, you know what? I kind of like it. Yeah, I kind of like it now. That's how it was like uh, "Hymn for the Dead." There's a hymn for the dead. Like I thought it was so poppy when it came out. That that's and not now, what you wanted at all. Yeah, and now I'm singing along to it <laughs> this last week. It's crazy. It shocks me that I would take that as my number two because if you would have asked me, that really shocked me. If you'd have asked me honestly, in probably up until like 2000. 16 i would have said that's a shit album yeah but i've went back multiple times and listened to their discography although i for for this draft actually i had to go back and it wasn't even going back because i didn't listen to three of their albums there were three of their records that i never listened to yeah we discussed that a little bit before we decided to do this too or like no right when we decided we were going to do it i i had thought that there was like three or four that i hadn't listened to but there was one there was only one that I hadn't listened to and like two or three that I was like, I maybe listened to a handful of times. Yeah. There were three that I absolutely have never listened to before in my life. Yeah, <laughs> which is wild. Yeah. And I listened to them, especially because considering they might not be the ones you didn't think I listened to. Like we'll get there if one of them gets picked. If not, I'll talk to you at the end, but sure. Yeah. Like, yeah, we'll do, we'll do clean up after. Yeah. It was just interesting to me that I was like, what happened right here? Like why, right. why did I miss these? What happened? Yeah. So then what is your third pick in the anti-flag oh, discography draft? I thought you were going to go a different way. So you're going to take that one now then? Quite possibly, because none of the other ones really fill the same space as this one for me. And that's going to be 2001's Underground Network. Okay. Okay. Uh- Again, I wanted to fish off one pier, and it seems like you have taken two of those, oh, no. <laughs> two of those that that pier from me. But if I'm being honest, this one, as much as I like it now, it, mm-hmm. it is, for some reason it missed me when it when it was when I was listening to them before. Like I was like, I like it. It's a, it's an yeah. anti flag record, but none of the songs did for me what a lot of songs and other records did. Yeah, there's some songs on this that really. There's one in particular where it made me realize that punk could be fun. Okay. Is and it, that's Spaz's, Spaz's House, House Destruction, Destruction Party. Party. <laughs> Dude, I love that track so much. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, oh man, I, I don't want to talk about it because it could be a pick. Yeah, it's, it's just wild to think that it was a real thing. But Angry, Young, and Poor, what a way to open up this record. 
Yeah, much like much like we mentioned in our Deftones discography draft. Man, they know how to open up a record. They know how to kick a record off also. Yeah, they really do. Yeah. I feel like this record came out at a time where the political aspect or the political scope of America was not terrible. I mean, there's one clear reason why. Yeah. It came out in April of 01. Yeah. Four or five months later, there was a significant swing. Right. Towards a different political idea. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So this one seemed more uplifting to me, Mm -hmm. which was a change of pace for them. uh, And I kind of I kind of dug it. And I go back and I listen to this one quite often. I like it much more now. Like I I can appreciate what it is, but it was never because a lot of people, when you talk to a lot of anti-flag fans, they say that this was kind of like the record that did it for them. Like this was the one that put it over the top. But to me, they were already over the top with their debut record. When I heard it, I was like, this is it. Like this is, this is the culmination of everything that I've wanted (laughs) to hear. Political punk wise. Like I I was so in, so in. Yeah. But yeah, Stars and Stripes, Watch the Right, Underground Network, just so many good songs, Bring Out Your Dead, um, Until It Happens to You, super good track. Mm -hmm. There's so much, so many good, good songs on this record. Agreed. And from there, we get into my third pick. Yeah. And because because you've apparently decided to sandbag my peer, I think I'm going to have to go (laughs) a different way. I'm going to have to move to a different it was unintentional. Oh, I know. And that's hey, that's the name of the game. You won rock, paper, scissors. You know, you're you got the first pick. So I got to I got to make do. Yeah, I'm definitely curious to see where you go next, because we, we have basically picked off the first half of their career. Yeah. Yeah, we have. And there's I'm not going to talk about that yet because it might still get picked. But sure, I'm going to go a different route and I'm going to snag the bright lights of America. Oh, uh, yeah. Honestly, that was going to be my next one. There's some tracks on here that made me realize that Anti-Flag was more than just a a political punk band. Yeah. Ma- mainly Go West. Go West to me is a huge huge song. Like it's yeah. so good. There's so, the, the 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 idea about like Go West young man like just mm-hmm. Vices is great. Like, uh, no warning, spit in the face, good and ready. Another opener, good and ready as your opener. Come on. Yeah. That's like, again, they're knocking it out of the park with these openers and their title tracks. Their title tracks are always bangers too. Now that I'm looking at it. Yeah. (laughs) Die for the government, new kind of army underground network. Yeah. Bright lights of America. That's, that's a more like kind of softer, uh, more mainstream ish sounding song. But it's mm-hmm. super good. First, uh, their their first album to contain a string section and child cor- choir. Yeah, yeah. This is where they really started branching out a lot musically. This will timestamp it for anybody that was around during this time. Most of the album was released on the band's MySpace page, mm-hmm. <laughs> with twelve of the thirteen tracks released on there on March twenty fourth. And holy shit. March 24th, 2008, I guarantee you I was going to listen to that. Although that does still seems a little late. It still seems a little late for MySpace, if we're being honest. It does. 
08 seems pretty late for MySpace, but maybe was this after MySpace was purchased by Justin Timberlake? Wait, MySpace was purchased by Justin Timberlake? Yeah, Justin Timberlake bought MySpace and tried making it like a mu- like a musician social network rather oh, than really? just a regular social network. I, bl- I believe, unless, again, I may be wrong, and this is another one of those crazy things. Okay. I don't know. This isn't the MySpace cast. But Bright Lights <laughs> of America, um, another great album cover. Like, it's the suit, the eagle head with the suit on. It's like yeah. kind of like two-tone sepia almost. This, this this is one that brought me back. This one brought me back okay. into anti-fight. I was still listening to them, yeah. but it wasn't with any like, because obviously Blood and Empire was last. So after Blood and Empire came out, I was kind of like, oh, I fucking hate that record. And this came out and I was like, I got to try it. And then right. I don't even know if I liked it when it came out, but a year or so later, maybe I let it live with me. And then Go West was the track that brought me into it. And I was like, no, this is a good record. This is a really good record. This is one that I didn't pick up when it came out. Okay. I had to go back and find this one a while later, like probably years later. I don't, I, it must've been because of for blood and empire. Yeah. Like I was like, Oh no, they have gone way too soft. (laughs) I can't even, you know? Yeah. I don't, I don't even, I don't even remember when I first heard this. But this is another one where I I had listened to it and then going back this week to listen to it. It's pretty high up there for me on their on their discography. I think it's I think it's really, really good, especially having the guts to add a string section and a children's choir to a punk record from a band that is so ingrained in like old school punk. What a move. You also have to think, though, I mean, it's their seventh record, so yeah. you need to do something. Oh, for sure. And yeah, I'm, I'm, they could have just put out another for Blood and Empire, but taking that leap to do to add things like a string section yeah. is pretty, pretty amazing. I think for Blood and Empire, it being their major label debut I, I think even though it did what it wanted to do, like what they wanted to, because a lot more people definitely knew who Anti-Flag was. Oh, they yeah. I saw colors. that cover all over the place. Yes. But I don't know if they maybe appreciated the type of response they got because it wasn't about the content. It was about their, like the, the visuals almost. Like that yeah. cover was everywhere. So yeah. I think Bright Lights of America, they were like, hold on, let's retool this a little bit. We're still going to make what we want. We're still going to have our sound, but we're not going to be writing these, any tracks for the radio. Right. Yeah. At least that's what I felt. Sure. So what is your fourth pick then? Uh, My fourth pick will be one that I just happened to come across at second and Charles one day and hadn't listened to it because I didn't like the cover. Uh, and that's going to be American Spring. American Spring is one that I've seen everywhere. Every time I ever am buying vinyl somewhere, I yeah. see that. I see the cover. And I that is one that I've never listened to until this week. Okay, American Spring to. was. Yeah. Yeah. That I hadn't either. Because I looked at it and I was like, what the hell are they doing with like an exploding flower in front of a girl's face on their cover? Like, <laughs> what the shit is this? But... I think uh, I must have had like a decent amount of trade in at second and Charles. And I was Mm -hmm. just like, you know what? 
I haven't given them a shot in a while. And being that it was at second and Charles, that means it had been out for a while. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll pick it up and take it home and go listen to it. And man, again, with the first track being fantastic fabled world, I really dig that track. And then I'm sure that Tim Armstrong feature didn't hurt you at all. Not at all. <laughs> Seeing that Tim Armstrong was on one of these tracks, I was like, oh, geez, yes. <laughs> yeah. I see where we're at now. And then, yeah, a lot of really good songs on this. I thought it was going to be a different kind of anti-flag. And really, uh, from the anti-flag, I knew it was. But mm-hmm. I was pleased with the results. I, I love Without End. That song's great. Set Yourself on Fire. Pretty crazy song. But yeah, I, I Brandenburg Gate. Dude, such a good track. See, my th- this being one that I haven't listened to, and mm-hmm. then listening to the other ones that I haven't listened to, this was my least favorite of the ones that I haven't listened to. Oh, okay. So that being said, this might be in like my bottom rung of anti-flag records for me. It just didn't do anything for me. Right. Gotcha. Now, if I, if I would have listened to this alone, not with like the other ones I haven't listened to, maybe it would have done sure. more. Yeah. But I, I enjoyed the other ones that I hadn't listened to more than I enjoyed this one. Gotcha. So you could have got yeah, that in the fifth was, round. I yeah, wasn't I, I guess so. Uh, <laughs> no, it just uh, it surprised me, I guess, when I yeah. finally went to it came out in 2015 i probably picked it up maybe like two three years ago Mm -hmm. so it had been out for a while i hadn't listened to them in a while and uh i was like i said pleasantly surprised by it really speaking of pleasantly surprised yeah my next my next pick my fourth pick for the anti-flag discography draft i had listened to this when it came out Mm -hmm. but i haven't listened to it since and re-listening to it this week I realize how much I like this record and how good it is and how much it feels like the band going back to their their roots, but keeping some of their sounds that they've developed over the years. And it's 2020 vision. Oh, really? Okay. It's their newest record that came out in 2020, 2020 vision. I listened to it when it came out, but I think that I was just in such a mindset after everything that happened in, mm-hmm. in 2020. Yeah. That, and, and like knowing Even previously. Yeah. Yeah, it was just like, oh, oh, okay, okay. And I think I listened to it, and but going back to it, you almost feel, and it sucks that it took anything like that to happen. But it sucks that the that that white hot anger felt real again. I felt like it needed to be more angry. But to me, like at the time, I agreed with that because at the time I didn't yeah. think it was angry enough, which is probably why I didn't listen to it anymore. That that was me too. But going back now, the world was so angry that I don't think this needed to be angry because everybody was already so angry. You didn't need to evoke that emotion because if you listen to this with that anger, it's going to do what its desired intent is. Sure. And I think it's, I think it's their modern sound that made it not as angry because some of the lyrics are are maybe angrier than anything you've ever heard in any other anti-flag record. Yeah. Um, like, don't let the bastards get you down. Christian nationalist. It went off like a yeah. bomb. The first track, Hate Conquers All. Another banger of an opener. Yeah. I, I liked it a lot. It surprised me. I remember when it came out and actually being pretty excited for it to come out. Because, like I said, I picked up American Sla- or American Spring in, like, it was probably, like, 2019. And it got me excited again. 
for Anti-Flag and then hearing that they were coming out with a new record after what had been going on in our country for the past four years. And I was like, oh man, this is going to be the angriest shit. Yeah. And then I got it and listened to it and I was like, this is not what I expected. But going back and listening to it this week, I got some of that anger back, but it still wasn't like, oh God, it just 2016 to 20 to 2020 was a terrible fucking time. (laughs) And I just wanted more. I, I just wanted more. Yeah. I, and I agree with that at the time, but listening to it, like I said, listening to it now, and I think they may have at that point, I mean, it's, it's what their 12th album, right? Yeah. Yeah. At at your 12th album, you've kind of, unless you're going to do something that is going to alienate a bunch of your fans already, you've kind of worked yourself into a box. Like you can't go so either over the top or backwards in your sound. So they, I think they still had to keep, because at the end of the day, yes, anti-flag is a political punk band. At the end of the day, they're still a band that that are trying to succeed and make money. You know what I mean? So I think they, they knew what they had to do. And I think they did it. Do I think there could have been more anger in it? I do, but I also didn't, you know, care when it came out because I was so angry that yeah. I was like, I, yeah, yeah, we're all mad. Suck it up. Maybe you know that's I mean? why, like, I was so angry that I wanted representation on a larger scale. Yeah. Other than being like, everybody around me knew what I felt and felt the same, really. But I wanted somebody bigger to say something about it. I think their idea with it wasn't hey, we have the answers. Hey, we're pissed. It was a, hey, we all need to come together. So if you're right. if you're coming out with that anger, it's going to turn some people off when the aim was to be like, let's all get together and let's organize and let's make something happen as opposed to just screaming at the fucking void, which is what's yeah. going to happen most of the time in politics from the street yeah. level at least. I get that. So, Scott, what is your last pick? Fifth pick and final pick? My f- Fifth and final pick is going to be the one record I hadn't listened to until this week. And that is going to be American Fall. Okay. There's horns on this record. (laughs) There there is a brass section on this anti-flag record. That's all I have to say. It's amazing. I love it. This one definitely surprised me. I liked it more than American Spring. This is another one that I hadn't listened to. The, The... the ones that I hadn't listened to were, uh, well, I can't say another one yet, um, but well, I, I hadn't listened to American Spring or American Fall. Yeah. So listening to them basically back to back, because I would I listened yeah. to them in the order that they came out. So did I, I liked American Fall a lot more. Sure. And it, I, I'm actually glad you took it because I would have had to fight with myself to not take it because I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's it's great. Did you know that Benji Madden is a producer on the thing from is Good Charlotte? Really? I did not know that. I did not either till this very second, but it checks That's out. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, I I didn't listen to it when it first came out, obviously, um, because I didn't listen to American Spring till years later. And really, the only reason I listened to American Spring was because I purchased it on vinyl. I didn't have any desire to listen to American Fall, I guess. But when we decided to do this, I was like, I need to really focus on 
American Fall because I never gave it a listen at all. Yeah. So when I did, I was like, oh my gosh, like this was so far left from what I'm used to with Anti-Flag. Like for real, adding horns to, I think it's like three or four of these songs on here. I was like, this is like Anti-Flag's going ska. I love it. That is right up your alley. And it was just so kind of foreign to me that it was just fun. So my final pick then. Yeah. And this is the I'm in the worst position because I'm the one that is basically choosing what two records are not getting picked. <laughs> right. Yeah, you are. So I guess we're going to I guess we'll talk real quick about the record I'm not going to pick. Like just, you know, I'm not going to pick Mobilize because to me, okay. it's too short of a record. It is and basically an EP with some live tracks on it. Yeah, and I don't care about the live tracks, if I'm being honest. The so, only yeah. one that I really appreciate off of that... Actually, there's two. I I almost picked this one. The Tearing Everyone Down live is amazing. And I'm guessing so is, so is Spaz's House Destruction Party in your Bro, mind? Bro, when they bring Spaz in to sing on it <laughs> and then switch up the lyrics for when the cop shows up and uh, asks if... I want to speak to someone who lives here. And this punk girl said she did. And then they're just like, yeah, fucking right. Pig. I was, I lose it. Like, is this a condition the house has always been in? Yeah. Fucking right. Pig. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hilarious. And then spaz just has like his own super unique voice to put on with just insane. And it's, it's great. They have their system doesn't work for you on this too, as a live track, which I didn't know if we were going to include in the list to be picked so i didn't but that was another cd of theirs i picked up early early on but it's like it's like a comp of a couple eps and stuff they did but there's some really good tracks on that and i mean i'm not doubting again like mobilize even though it's not being picked 911 for peace is an incredible song that song uh did a lot for me as far as becoming more politically uh enlightened as to what was going on I mean, it, it, it helped that my friend went into the army, you know, and that got me a little bit interested in what was going on, but this 911 for peace, shit, that, what a big track. So then I have to make my decision on what record I'm going to take. Um, yeah, it's either, it's, it either has to be one I have listened to or one I Mm -hmm. haven't listened to before this week. And I'm just going to pull the trigger because, because I said, since you fished off my pier at the beginning, (laughs) I had to go a different route. So I actually really, out of the albums I hadn't heard before, Mm -hmm. 2012's The General Strike was my favorite of the three. Okay. I I thought it was fantastic. Uh, I had listened to the, let's talk about The People or the Gun real quick. The People or the Gun is the other one not being picked. I liked it. No problem with it. But to me, it was just a, it was almost a filler record for me. I've like, it was just, it was fine, but I didn't find myself going back to it a lot. Yeah, I didn't either. Uh, after the initial listening to everything this week, there were a few that I chose not to go back and listen to. The People Are the Gun was one of them, just because it didn't really do anything special for me. Mm-hmm. And it felt like it's a really short record. Like it's 31 minutes long. And like, I just, like, none of them, like, even looking at the track listing right now, I can't even pick one out that really like just reading the, the track titles, like nothing gets in my head 
You know what I mean? Like I can't automatically sing along to something. Yeah. Like it's fine. Like I, I don't yeah. think it's a bad record at all, but it just didn't, didn't really do anything at the time. I mean, I, I liked it when it came out, but I didn't go back to it. So then my pick will be the general strike. Sure. 2012, the general strike for this is the, this is their, the first one of theirs that I haven't listened to because I listened to 2020 vision when it came out in 2020, mm. but the three records before that I hadn't, and this was one of them. Sure. I really enjoyed this record. I don't even know if I can put my finger on why, but this was the one that sounded the most of what I wanted from anti-flag out of those three. Sure. Cause as, as you said, the one at horns, that wasn't really what I was looking for from anti-flag. <laughs> from being honest. Right. Another thing might be that this thing's only like 27 minutes long. So it's like super it blew yeah. by and yeah. then I was able to listen to it a couple times and then get more into, you know, more into the record, which is kind of how I work. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have a, a lot to say about it, but I, I, I enjoyed know, the hell out of it. I liked the general strike better than the people are the gun. Um, actually the people are the gun was one I forgot even existed yeah. until we, we did a quick talk about doing this before. Because you you even had to remind me what the cover looked like, yeah. And that that is all I remembered about it was the cover. That's the yeah. only part I remembered was the yeah. yellow and red TV with the American flag inside of it. Right. And then I, when you said that, I thought you were talking about Underground Network because of the the color scheme. I was like, no, yeah. that that had dudes marching on it. And you were like, no, 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 <laughs> it was the TV. Yeah. So in the wrap up of the anti-flag draft, Scott, you took a new kind of army first overall, yes. the Terror State, Underground Network, American Spring and American Fall. Sure. And I, Brand, took Die for the Government first for Blood and Empire, The Bright Lights of America, 2020 Vision and The General Strike. And then we left the people or the gun and mobilize and their system doesn't work for you, even though it's not a full studio album we left Listen, those you could have taken it you could have taken anything you wanted i took deftones b-sides and rarities <laughs> yeah you could have taken a compilation that they had a song on i don't give a shit what you take you could right <laughs> you you have a wheel we both have steering wheels on this thing you steer this thing we wherever sure you want to go yeah yeah no I'm, I'm happy with what i ended up with are you would i have been happier with another one of those early records yeah yeah because like i look at my list and it doesn't it's not indicative of what the anti-flag fan. Yeah. It's not indicative of the anti-flag fan. I thought I was. Yeah. Uh, If I, if I could do anything, I, it would be to get a new kind of army. That would be the only other, like when I throw in here and I would probably throw out the general strike for it. I'd even keep 2020 vision for it, even though I liked it that a lot too. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm satisfied, especially those first three. I'm a big fan of those first three. I got after that, it was kind of just throwing, you know, whatever I liked more of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was definitely two that I needed to have, and those were my first two picks. So I'm mm-hmm. pretty happy with that. Um, die for the government is definitely one that I could have gone with, but I had a feeling that you had a stronger connection with that one than maybe I did. Oh, it was the first one I got. It was yeah. the one I listened to nonstop. And it was the one that painted who I was going to be as an anti-flag fan from then on out. Right. Like if I would have started listening to them with a later record, that may have seemed too punk for me, maybe because it right. was a straight punk record. Sure. The only other one that I could have switched up possibly was switching underground network with the bright lights of America. I really did like that record. Maybe could have switched those out, but I do love underground network. 
that record's just a that's the fun side of anti-flag that uh sometimes gets lost i think yeah fun and anti-flag not really synonymous <laughs> we weird though because i did have a lot of fun listening to die for the government but i don't think it was very constructive fun if that makes sense right it was like i'm gonna go like smash some windows and some cop cars fun and that yeah and doing that <laughs> is fun but i guess spaz's house destruction party is kind of that kind of fun too but it's a party <laughs> and i think underground network might have been the first new anti-flag record that came out after i became a fan yeah that's what then i say that's what terror state was for me yeah but I don't think I, neither neither of us are losers here. I don't um, think if so. you if you want to say who you think is the winner of this draft, send us a tweet at AYLpod. Send us an email at areyoulistening.pod at gmail.com. S- say something about it in the Facebook group. Yeah. Link will be in the show notes. Uh, other than that, go tell a scuba diver about us. Ooh. An I don't care what their welder. actual profession is. I don't even care if they're an underwater welder. I don't care what their profession is. If somebody has a scuba diving certificate, you say, let me see that certificate. And as soon as they do, you tell them, to listen to us because there's, <laughs> that, there's not a better person that we need with the credentials to listen to an anti-flag draft discography. <laughs> Scott, thank you for the episode. Thank you for <laughs> thank the friendship. You. Yeah. Thank you, brother. Love you, man. And I love you too. Uh, listeners. Thank you. Are you listening? Are you listening? You can have nostalgia based on hatred. His name is Captain Anarchy, but only in his mind. Yeah, fucking right, pig, 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 pig.